and welcome to Game and Watch with Aaron and James, the podcast where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows that we have been watching. Um, I am Aaron, joined as always by my co-host James. And Aaron, I must say, I have to say that that was a really fantastic intro. You know, I, I felt it had a little pep in its step, uh, probably because I have been waylaid in bed for like about the last week. Yeah. Uh, so if we're going to get a little meta and reference previous episodes, I feel much like James Caan uh, during the shooting of Misery. Oh, uh, I was stuck in bed. I was all cooped up and I have some energy that I, I, I would like to release onto the world. We'll stay tuned because technically no one knows we were doing that episode yet. Oh, well, did I? Was this an Easter egg? This is an Easter egg. For well, our loyal, loyal listeners. Yeah. Well, so we are taking a break from uh, regularly our regularly scheduled episode that we said was going to premiere. Well, this week, whenever you'll be listening to this, assuming you're listening to it when we reveal it, um, when we release it. But we said we were going to do Wario Land. We're not. Uh, we're doing a special episode. Uh, we felt inspired. We did. Yes. Uh, and we're doing this episode on Nintendo Directs. This will probably be the first, uh, not first of many Nintendo Direct episodes, but first of many what we'll just call special episodes. If we if we feel so inspired by the gods to talk about a particular topic, I think we're just going to break, um, you know, stop what we're doing, uh, stop the regularly scheduled episodes and just release one of these. Yeah, and um, they're definitely not going to be as long as traditional episodes. It's going to be a little bit of a looser format, kind of just a back and forth uh, with us discussing things. Not going to have things like Fan Fiction Corner, probably. Um, I could not find a lot of uh, Nintendo Direct Fan Fiction. I'm impressed you uh, looked. I, I'm kidding. I actually didn't. It probably <laughs> is. But yeah, this will be. This will just be a little bit shorter, a little bit looser, just kind of us picking topics that we're all passionate about and, um, and just kind of going from there. Very loose. I uh, feel like I can't formulate sentences right now, and I'm not going to edit that out. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel about as loose and uh, robustly uh, reamed out as my gastrointestinal. Tract was really now. wondering where you're going to go with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Glad um, you brought it to a, a medical place of realizing yeah, after my uh, week long uh, stomach illness. Yeah. Uh, but so specifically, we wanted to talk about the most uh, recent Nintendo Direct, which occurred. Uh, in September, uh, right? Was that what the twenty first or something? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it just happened in September. Um, but we wanted to talk about kind of Nintendo Directs, Nintendo Directs in general. What are they? Where do they come from? Um, why are they even a topic? Why do they exist? Why who, do they exist? Who are we? Yeah. Uh, well, the, to answer that question, uh, we kind of have to talk about how information is disseminated uh, in the video game industry, right? Isn't that fun? Yeah. About that. But 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 we're, and it's mostly still Nintendo focused because we don't really care as much about other companies. Well, right. really for the purposes of this episode, but exactly. But I mean, we just need to know generally. Uh, video games are an industry like any other industry. Uh, they have trade shows, right? Um, so big trade shows for video games for a long, long, long time was E3, um, which is the Entertainment Something Expo. What is what are the three E's? Oh, electronic, I think. Electronic, probably. Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. did no prep yeah, for this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Electronic Entertainment Expo E3. Um, that was a, a big um, video game industry kind of trade show and other things like that. But E3 is kind of the big one most people would uh, would know about or remember. Um, and so every year at E3, E3 would typically take place during the summer. Um, companies would showcase upcoming games, upcoming hardware, 
get consumers excited, uh, get ad buyers excited uh, for the upcoming um, holiday season, especially. Um, and so for years and years and years, E3 was kind of where Nintendo would show uh, their, you know, their next big up and coming exciting stuff. I remember, as I'm sure you remember, being a kid, oh, yeah. um, pick, picking up Nintendo Power, picking up all those video game magazines, EGM, right around, I would say, like August, September, because uh, E3 always happened around the end of summer, right? Around August, if I'm remembering correctly. I know that eventually, I don't know about always, but it was, I think it eventually ended up earlier in the summer. I think back then it might have been later. I, I, I'm not really yeah. sure, but I remember the excitement I felt every exactly. single time. Either way, it was it was always a summer, uh, you know, experience. And so um, I just remember those video game magazines always around the end of summer, beginning of September, like going back to school time. Um, tons of like feature stories about games that had been um, announced at uh, at E3 or yep. kind of uh, shown more at E3. Um, so what, like, do you have any memories of uh, any like big video games coming out from when we were kids that probably first got announced at E3? So when I depending on how young I was, I mean, like around the time, like Ocarina of Time came out, I remember picking up the Nintendo power and reading about the E3 presentation of Ocarina of Time, but I didn't like watch any of the videos and such. I didn't really start getting into watching anything from E3 until like the GameCube era. And like when they announced the GameCube, I think, and then more of my vivid memories are like around the time that they announced the Wii and kind of from then on. Um, and I think I was telling you before we started recording, I don't have as many like crystal clear memories and like moments in E3 uh, and Nintendo direct history that I, and I don't know if that's a, if that's bad or not. I, I just, as much as I have like really fond memories of gaming and such, I would say that there wasn't like a, I can't really point to like a VE3 moment that just blew my mind and I'll never forget it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have a couple of memories uh, specifically from E3 uh, and like from years and years ago. And I think it's kind of a good way to transition into maybe why Nintendo got away from uh, big, big uh, multi uh, company shows like E3 and started yeah. doing Nintendo Direct. So maybe that'll be a good segue. Yeah, but let's hear ideas. some of your your biggest memories so um i think the biggest one most people remember um from nintendo and just in terms of um i, I don't even want to call it a misfire but just a hype that got completely out of control um was the reveal for zelda gamecube um which eventually wound up being wind waker yeah uh, but the first trailer was shown to be a more like you know realistic proportion um not chibi style zelda games something closer to twilight princess um, and it was never meant to be, uh, you know, a gameplay demo. It was only ever meant to be a tech demo for the right. GameCube. It was only meant to be, you know, this is what this system can um, reliably render, right? These types yeah. of, um, uh, these characters, these, these scenes, this lighting. Um, but people just went crazy um, and kind of assumed that's what the next Zelda would be like. And then, of course, all of that kind of blew up in their faces when they did reveal Wind Waker, um, because people were kind of shocked and angry and Nintendo made it clear that the footage that they showed originally um, was never intended to be a Zelda game. Uh, it was just kind of a proof of concept for the GameCube. Um, but of course they couldn't really control what people did with that information. Yeah. Um, so I think that, um, and then two other uh, big E3 memories I remember kind of um, maybe is why they transitioned away from them. So the other big one um, was uh, Reggie Fizeme, 
um mm-hmm. talking about the Wii doing the stupid like my body is ready right oh yeah the classic yeah. meme classic meme right uh a lot of red there's a lot of reggie memes like kind of dripping all over uh nintendo e3 uh appearances also miyamoto god bless his soul um just you know i think he does great in one-on-one interviews i think he's a bit of a goofball uh on stage yeah um so there's that i think the other big one was the uh tech demo um for oh gosh uh skyward sword i think it was um okay where the motion controls um for the sword play uh it just wasn't ready yet um which isn't necessarily nintendo's fault uh but it was just a very public kind of embarrassment do you remember that i do actually and you're suddenly just talking about this and this is exactly what i was hoping would happen just kind of like filled my mind with memories like well so I now realize I have some non-Nintendo specific E3 memories, but I would say the two E3 memories that I recall the most would be the reveal of Twilight Princess. And, and really with that, the reveal of the Wii. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Both, How could I forget that? Those, yeah. those were huge. And like, especially because, and, and it's funny because I think that Wind Waker is a very beloved game. And I think it was by the time the Twilight Princess reveal happened, but I think Nintendo didn't, like it's like they didn't get the memo that people actually liked Wind Waker. They were just still focused on the negative reception when it came out. And I, I, as I mean, history says that they did. They made Twilight Princess really. It's the most realistic looking Zelda game yet uh, to date. And one least, of the worst. I disagree. <laughs> well, I, I I think Twilight Princess is excellent. Let's just pivot and do a Twilight Princess pod. Let's do um, it. But yeah, they did it. You know, they people there was such a negative response initially to the Wind Waker reveal and the cartoonishness, and so they revealed Twilight Princess. And I remember, despite me loving Wind Waker, I was like, "This is what I've been waiting for." I just this is what I wanted, and I liked it a lot. But we won't get into that. Um, really quickly, off what, what kind of what you were saying, and and maybe this will kind of lend itself to what you were where you were going with it about why they transitioned away from it. But and we'll maybe talk about look this a little bit more when we get into like direct specifically, but Nintendo. And and I mean, anyone from the Japan offices or the American offices, it doesn't matter. Every time Nintendo would do a presentation at E3 or any presentation in the direct, there is this really robotic, really incredible awkwardness to it. Like there's this like, like stilted, like there's really a lack of presentation I mean, I, I, you get that from a lot of the E3 presentations, but I, for some reason, I feel like Nintendo has topped everybody in terms of just how uncomfortable you can be. I mean, the, the people stay for the big reveals, but they come to watch Miyamoto play Wii music on stage. And I don't know if you've seen <laughs> that video recently, but I rewatched it like a couple weeks ago. It, it's so bad. It's terrible. And to me, that vibe is just a little bit to a lesser degree. That's what like the vibe I get from the Nintendo directs in general. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Okay. I I, I'm curious to see where this conversation will go. Yeah. Um, Because I, I do kind of think I understand why they've transitioned away from big multi-company events like E3 and into Nintendo directs. If you would like me to, to jump into that. Yeah. So uh, I think kind of something we've noted uh, just talking about E3 memories right now is none of them are like great and none of them are Nintendo just definitely 
setting up pins and knocking them over with any like great yeah. degree of art, right? Every E3 thing is like, oh, this looked great, but can Nintendo kind of fucked it up? Or, um, you know, uh, you know, people love the Twilight Princess trailer, um, but that was only because, you know, Nintendo kind of botched it uh, with the, you know, the GameCube Zelda reveal trailer originally. Like, it's just, it feels like with E3, everything is like one step forward, two steps back with Nintendo. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that combined with the fact that um, E3 takes place in the West, in America, I believe in California, so it's not like it's a crazy uh, time time zone change, but yeah, um, it takes place in a different country. Um, it takes place uh, with different foreign press. Uh, it's a live event, right? Um, mm -hmm. And Nintendo doesn't control it; they're just they're a, a participant. True. Right? Um, I think for all those reasons and the history that they have there, Nintendo's like, why are we doing this still? Um, because especially for new tech um, like motion controls why get up there at e3 in an environment you don't fully control and do a tech demo that you can't be sure will even work the way you want to live let alone any of the other you know outside factors that could throw things off outside of the tech you know like it's just it's such a wild uncontrolled environment and then two you don't really get to put a spin uh, on how things are uh kind of like the tone of the room you don't get yeah. to put any spin on um, like the, the reaction at the Twilight Princess uh, reveal trailer, because I have seen that video and I did watch that recently. The reaction of people in that room is completely, absolutely batshit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's what Nintendo was hoping for, I'm sure. But at the same time, they did, you know, that reaction is outside of their full control. So I think for all those reasons, they're like, why are we doing this? We're Nintendo. We have so much money and influence in this industry. Why don't we just do our own presentations online only? We have complete control over them. We can show only parts of games that we want to. We can show only tech that we feel confident being able to show right now um, and just do it that way. Yeah, and we can fill in the gaps with a bunch of dog shit games that no one cares about. Well, and that, well, that's the thing too. And you know, you say it as a joke, but it's also like, it's also true. It's, the it's really smart of them to do it, actually. It, I mean, it, they have it, such a wide audience. Like some of the game, like so many of the games where I just roll my eyes at, and really when you go online, you're in this like Twitter bubble or whatever, and you, you realize how many people are also rolling their eyes. There's some like six-year-old, eight-year-old guys and girls just out there just, you know, like really losing their mind for this, that reveal that you're shitting on. You know, well, also too, um, like Nintendo has gotten a lot better, uh, a lot savvier at targeting um, like consumers for the kinds of experiences they want to have. Yeah, um, like Nintendo has done a good job of making its consoles like appeal to each demographic of a family, um, and I think they smartly realize that people are not tuning into like video game industry shows, right? Like a lot of their consumer base are families, people with jobs. They don't follow the video game industry. But what they do maybe follow is on your Switch, um, the little like news app, games you're interested in or games you already own are kind of flagged. And so you can, you know, click on it and it'll show you trailers that probably appeal directly to you yeah. that just dropped at their current um, Nintendo Direct. Um, so I, th I think it's kind of an all like weird, boring, corporate synergistic kind of thing. Like, I don't think it's because of any like great, you know, creative stroke. I think it just makes sense financially for them. And I think it gives them a like high degree of control to do Nintendo Directs. Uh, so that's kind of why I think they've switched that format. At first, when you were talking about E3 being in the West, 
that you were going to like make some comment about how uh, the Nintendo folks from Japan were all jet lagged and that's why all their presentations were so uncomfortable and awkward. Well, I mean, no, honestly, it like, might like, be no, that. <laughs> that, is, that is very true. Like, really? again, it sounds like a joke, but honestly, that could be it too. Yeah. And again, think about it. Like, think about like your Nintendo, like at this point for the last probably like 15 years, Nintendo has not needed to rely on like, uh, you know, an industry wide event to get Nintendo news out. I would argue yeah. probably in the last 20 years, um, you know, Nintendo is Nintendo and they can kind of like do whatever they want and they set the industry standard now. So that's why now after Nintendo has started doing things like direct, you see like Sony and Xbox and other companies doing directs as well. Um, yeah. They haven't abandoned those big, you know, multi um, corporation trade shows. Um, and I don't think those will ever fully go away, but I think especially in today, you know, in this day and age where we get very targeted um, media, like targeted to us specifically, it just makes sense for Nintendo to just keep things very like tight and controlled and they can, you know, again, like release little trailers targeted towards the kinds of consumers they want to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is because this is this was much more of a lifeless industry kind of examination than I wanted it to be. No, this is exactly why we're doing this kind of thing. Yeah. This is good. Um, I gotta ask you. So, just generally, how do you feel about Nintendo Directs? Like for you personally, as a Nintendo fan. I mean, obviously, and I'm not saying like it's either this or nothing because obviously then we'd both say we love it, but really like, you know, let's say we, we get these Nintendo usually does like a couple directs a year on average. Right. Um, and they just, yeah, they just had their longest, there was a really long dry spell. And yeah. It was, it was like to, 2019 was due, to beginning of 2021. Right. Yeah. And that was like due that. to COVID mainly. Or, end of 2020, I think was their first in like a, over like a year or something like that, because yeah, due to COVID, and that was the direct where they announced like the Mario uh, anniversary and 3D yes. All-Stars and such, right? Yes, but typically you're right. They do at least a couple every year. And then they do Nintendo Direct minis, which are really just, we've got, I don't know, 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes to talk about. Or they'll usually do like, they'll do like Nintendo showcases. Yeah. And then there's Indie World, which we won't really yeah, get into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes they do like very third-party developers, like they're developing partners, like specific stuff. I mean, there's a little bit of a mixture of all this, but really, if you're if you hear the average Nintendo fan, if they hear they're getting a Nintendo Direct, I mean, no matter how many times Nintendo has let me down with a Direct, I'm excited, and I always get my hopes up, and it never meets my expectations, and it's always so funny looking at the discourse online before and after. Um. Yeah, between I, directs and such, because it's people get their hopes up so so much, so much more than I ever could. So and, I think I think this is a really good uh, conversation point as well. Um, why don't you walk me through like your anatomy of a Nintendo Direct from like beginning to end, your own journey with it? You hear about a Nintendo Direct, just tell me what you're going through, your thoughts, uh, because I, I have a feeling that that kind of your own internal process with it will inform kind of how you feel about them in general because right. i feel like there are, there are ways that people do it online when they hear nintendo direct that i'm like oh that sounds that that sounds like a good approach and other people their reaction that they have where i'm like you are setting yourself for you are setting yourself up for some serious disappointment there, there's like a there's a stages of grief type aspect to it right like so yeah you, you, yeah i would say for myself personally 
the, the, there's an elation period and the elation period just really gets smaller and smaller every single direct. Um, <laughs> there's like, so like it's, this, it's, for this like most, cha- it's like you're chasing the high of like yeah. a street drug for this most recent one. I would say there's probably about five minutes of elation. Cause I'm just like, this is the last one of the year. And it's, and then they're like, it's going to be 40 minutes of stuff that's releasing at the end of this year and early, like very early, maybe a little bit of stuff early next year. I'm like, I mean, there's a lot of year left. I mean, it's, it's like three months of the year left. There could be some big reveals. You never know. Like, I mean, they, they could. So like, I mean, that, and it's funny. Cause then uh, after that, like five minutes, I'm just like, wait, no, the last one or the one before that or whatever, let me down overall. And again, I am not sitting here expecting them to announce major new releases and for each of their major IP. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But there's a lot of third-party stuff that I want to see on Switch. Nintendo has been both both extremely good and extremely terrible at putting games that I think are really beloved on other consoles or have been beloved on past Nintendo consoles and bringing them to the Switch. Like Res- the Resident Evil series is almost entirely on Switch now, which is incredible. Not well, not all of them, but like enough of them to make Resident Evil fans happy. But then you're just like, there's a lot of other series, like there's the Persona series, where they just don't seem concerned at all to bringing that to Switch, with the exception of Persona 5 Strikers. I'm not giving, I'm not counting that. But, and again, it's not, it's not like it's, I'm not saying this is all Nintendo's fault. There's a lot to do with that. Persona specifically, there's an Atlas element, but then again, Atlas, Sega, Sega, Nintendo, we won't get into it. <laughs> Nintendo has more control. But, so there's this there's that initial elation period. And then there's really between that, the end of that period and until maybe about a day before the direct, I am just like, this is going to be shit. I'm just, you know, I'm like, I'm going to watch it. Like I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited, but I'm like, there might be one thing in it that I'm going to like. And that's, so I set my, my expectations super low. And then within the first, like within 24 hours of the direct, I get irrationally excited again. Not for tons of reveals, but just like, you never know. There might be that one big one, you know? Yeah. And then as I'm watching it, I would say the majority of the time, you're, you're just kind of like on edge. Like every time the structure of it is like, they, they, they have these like really stilted, awkward, like interludes when they're just like, and now check this out. Oh, they're horrible. They're, they're terrible. terrible. And then it cuts to black. And in that moment, I'm not going to lie. Every single time, no matter how, pissed i've been about nintendo directs in that moment in that brief like half second or second before you the trailer or whatever the gameplay footage or whatever they're about to reveal comes up i'm like oh my goodness the magic magic is back the magic is back i'm so excited like it doesn't matter what it is and then sometimes you know immediately you're like this is terrible and like and 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 sometimes i'll read into what they're saying like oh now check this out and I'm like, what? What am I allowed to check out? And then it cuts to black and then fade up. And I'm like, in that moment, my mind's racing. I'm like, Metroid Prime 4. Like, they're going to just do another little teaser about it. They'll be like, oh, we're still working on it. I'd be okay with that. I don't need a trailer. And then suddenly it's like, suit up and save Metropolis in DC Superhero Girls Teen Power. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And that's most of what directs are for me. I see. I see. I, uh, I definitely understand. I, I think that experience is not unique to you. Uh, I think that is true of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I will tell you mine. Um, and then yes. we can kind of talk about collectively, like what I think happens with the internet. Sure. So for mine personally, um, now, like 
I, I, I would say that I have always been a big Nintendo fan. I would say that I, unfortunately, as I get older, one of the unfortunate byproducts of becoming an adult and making more money and making choices about where your money goes <laughs> is that you have to think about corporations. <laughs> this has turned into just a very sad, bland corporate episode, which I did not think it would be. But um, like you, th- you start thinking about corporations more um, and which corporations you do and don't want to lend your support to. At least yep. I do. Maybe you do. Maybe you I don't. do. I don't. No, I, I definitely do. And you have more like corporate trust or distrust based on the corporation and loyalty, corporate loyalty, right? So uh, I would say that I've always been a Nintendo fan, but I have specifically become more loyal to them as a company. And I think the key difference there means being loyal to them as a company means I kind of just am more on board for anything Nintendo does. And yeah. I'm just more trusting of them in general in terms of the high quality of their uh, products. And so that's kind of changed how I approach their announcements and their directs as well. And also changed how I think about their like company strategy. Um, like we, like I kind of mentioned earlier, we, we talked about Nintendo has kind of always aimed itself as like a family uh, video game, like company, right? They want to do stuff that appeals to kids, that appeals to adults, that appeals to like entire families, siblings, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So they had to walk this like fine line, right? Um, so whenever I hear a Nintendo Direct, uh, I immediately go to a place of excitement yeah. because uh, I think that probably my first instinct is that all of my dream games are gonna come, you know, be announced. But um, I kind of always have to temper it, especially now, um, realizing like, oh no, they're like a family company. They're gonna want this Direct to appeal to a large number of people. They're gonna going to want to announce um, a smattering of games that appeal to kind of all their demographics. Um, probably there's only going to be about 25 to 35% of content in this that even appeals to my demographic anyway. Um, so now when I go into directs, that's kind of how I approach it. Um, I tr- sometimes will try and watch them live. Usually not. Usually I'll like kind of um, open up like IGN and just keep hitting refresh and looking at the headlines. And then later uh, games that interest me or things that I am specifically really into, I will look them up. Um, so that's kind of my direct process. Yeah. Um, but I think the internet generally, uh, like, like I said, I think the internet, here's direct, the internet cooks up a dream list of every dream game that they've always wanted to be announced. Yeah. And then people feed into it. And then anytime it's anything less than that, everyone's disappointed. And listen, what I love in Nintendo Direct, that was nothing but news about Breath of the Wild 2 and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 absolutely yeah um but that would appeal to like me and like 10 other people right yeah nintendo needs to get those like dc superhero girl games and you know like games that don't appeal to us but that do appeal to the demographic that they're going for yeah um so that that's kind of where i've landed on it yeah and it's it's super silly of me to react the way that i do to these directs because again like i i would spend i spend the majority of time leading up to a direct fully in that camp where you're in it's I love Nintendo, no matter how many times they disappoint me. And I don't mean by directs, just in general. They release a game I don't like, or maybe they, you know, they go a direction with a series I'm not a huge fan of. I will buy their shit. I'm waiting on my Nintendo OLED Switch to arrive. Like, I shouldn't have bought that, but I'm going to because I suckle at their teats. And 
but no matter how many times they like screw me over, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm for them. I'm going to, I'm going to be there till I die. And it's just in that 24 hours beforehand where I just trick myself into thinking I'm going to get like three good reveals. And so every time that they're going through the direct and one of my reveals is not that I'm just like, this is bullshit. And then when it's all done, I'm like, that was silly of me to think that like, I just get all hyped up and it's not even anyone else hyping me up. I just get myself all excited. And usually at the end of every direct, there's like one thing. If I'm lucky, there's one thing that I'm like, that was a good direct because there was that one thing that I loved. That was for me, you know? Um, recently yeah. I would say this year, there's mostly not that like this most recent one was my favorite one because they announced Nintendo 64 games and Sega Genesis games coming to Nintendo online. Would I prefer that you could just buy those games rather than have to subscribe to a service to do you it? Uh, you know, yeah, I would have preferred that, but still love it. Banjo Kazooie might be on switch. That's incredible to me. Well, and I think at this point we know it will be. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why I keep saying might. It's like they showed it on the list, but it's just so interesting that like, because I would have thought that getting it on Switch would have been a much bigger deal given Nintendo and Rare's history. We could do a whole episode on Nintendo well, and Rare's Well, also, history, I, I think we could also, for you specifically, I think you have some real banjo uh, goggles on at all times. Oh, life. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it's one of my favorite games of all time. I mean, yeah. it's, it's uh, yeah. Um, but so... Ultimately, if I can take away like that one thing, I'm happy. I really am happy. I do like making fun of directs a lot. And I know that you cannot hit everyone. Like it's, it's not all going to be my demographic, obviously. But it's still funny to be like, so I feel like Nintendo's, the way that they present these directs makes it, gives this kind of like anything can happen vibe. And I think that's because any, this next video could be for any Democrat. Like who knows? It's just like, it's like a, it's like a lottery and it's exciting and it messes with me (laughs) and I hate them and I love them for it. Well, and that's, I think you hit on something there specific to the switch, which is the switch has been such a crazy like indie machine for Nintendo um that i think and going along with the idea of again like th- this is a machine this is a console they want to market to a wide swath of people yeah um i think the switch has leaned into even more so that truly like literally anything could pop up like with the switch nintendo has released games that i like i really don't think that they would have in uh, on you know consoles past like i don't know that they would have done a doom game on gamecube i don't think they would have yeah. I don't think they would have ported. Obviously, there was the Doom on Super Nintendo, but just different things like that or different indie games that are like basically PC exclusive that are also randomly on the Switch that like are very mature and very adult. Like, I think Nintendo now is finally realizing like they can be very family friendly while also offering like a lot of, you know, third party indie stuff um, that, you know, more sophisticated palettes yeah. say, might be interested in. And so I, I don't know if now is a good time to segue into it, but I have, I have two mini categories I want to, I want to set up like tee up for you. Well, I guess for me too, right now, um, or at some point in this episode, we could do them now. We can do them later. But the first is what would you change? If you change one thing about directs, what would that, what would that be? And the other is kind of give, I want your like, give me like a four game, like a four reveal, 
ideal, like dream direct. Like if there was going to be a direct in December, what would that be for you? Gotcha. I, Ooh, I like both of those. Okay. Um, and I'll limit you to four things for that dream direct. And it could be anything. I mean, you could say that they're going to put all of your family's home videos on switch. <laughs> you know, it could be anything. I'm not saying that's what you want, but it could be literally. I mean, if, I, if I get a cut of the profits, I would... I'm going to keep mine a little bit grounded in reality, but I'm just saying, sure. you know, um, you don't have to. No. I'll, okay. So starting off um, for the, your first question, um, there is something that I would think about changing, but I can, again, it's like devil's advocate. I can see both ways. And again, the reason why I think they do this is the way they do it is for boring corporate reasons. But I think it would help for uh, expectations if they just announced the games they were going to be discussing uh, or pres- like showing uh, mm-hmm. before the direct, like a week before. Say, hey, we're going to show a new trailer, a trailer for the new Mario game. We're going to show, um, you know, these ten indie titles. Uh, we're going to show brief snippets of them that are going to be uh, available for. Uh, you know, say on the eShop and then we're going to show, you know, a new accessory or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then just leave it at that. And, you know, obviously disseminate the details and the actual direct. Um, of course, what that would do is you'd have a lot of people who read the list or like, I'm not interested in any of those things. Um, and then just, you know, not watch. Um, yeah. you, you could remedy that by doing, um, doing a pre, you know, screen list, but then doing one mystery item at the end or whatever, you know, however you want to do it, their most exciting thing could remain a mystery. Um, but I think the reason they, they have it kind of all blind box is to ensure the most eyeballs around the screen. Um, and yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo is smart. They're a savvy company. They know that it's going to drum up a massive amount of hype. Uh, they know Twitter, they know YouTube, uh, like people make their living just discussing Nintendo, like Nintendo products, Nintendo industry stuff. Um, so they know by announcing a direct like a month out, there's going to be people speculating. There's going to be YouTube videos. There's going to be all this like online discourse about it. And then uh, by offering, you know, a blind box and then revealing all this stuff, they know there's going to be probably a month plus long discourse about what was revealed and why people are upset and why they aren't upset. And yeah, they, they kind of know that there's this cottage industry around them. So I, I don't really know that I would change it. That's just a one way I might change it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I guess I would leave it as a blind box because of that. Again, anything can happen in nature. Um, I think you would get a lot of people online who complain. Would maybe those some of those complaints would die down yeah. if you got a full list of everything that was going to be discussed, with maybe leaving one or two mysteries up to it. Yeah. Um, but I would. I guess I'd probably leave it as is. Um, that's that's a boring answer. It's kind of well. Safe. No, no. I think, but you 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 reason through it really well. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I would say that for me, it's, it's something a little bit similar. I would, I would probably do some sort of blend of revealing the actual games that they're going to talk about. And also like actually lean into the hype. And again, you might let some people down, but like, say like maybe the developers of the games, like a new Capcom game, or like, let's, we're going to, we got like three titles from Capcom. Someone, someone's like, okay, well, I know one of them is going to be Monster Hunter because that's huge right now. What are the others? Maybe a Resident Evil port? I don't know. Your, your imagination could run wild. And that's, I think that's fun. Lean into that a little bit, at least then, you, you know, you know. And then frankly, and maybe I'm just, just insulting a really young generation right now, but like, do all of these kids who are just like stoked for some of like the titles that I roll my eyes at, like, do they really are, would they, are they tuning in hoping to be surprised? Like, why don't just reveal all those titles at the, 
like outset, right? Like just say like, we're going to do this mystery game, this mystery game, all these big titles, like, and then, oh yeah. And here's a list of a bunch of other games that I would say I don't care about at all. Maybe geared towards a different audience, but maybe that audience, maybe younger kids don't, they're not tuning in for this, like surprise reveal stuff. I mean, they, they can stay for like, you know, the Mario reveal, but I'm going to go back to the DC superhero girls teen power. It's like, just say that game's going to be released right at the beginning. So I know it's coming, you know? Yeah. But I mean, see, here's the thing. I think Nintendo is way more, has their ear to the pulse of the weird online communities that are fans of their various properties. You know, like I think they purposely gave DC superhero girls like its own moment to be revealed because they knew there was a diehard contingent of DC superhero girls, like YouTube channel community. You know what I mean? Like, I think they do enough homework into their own properties to know like what will generate hype and why they should reveal things in the order or the way they do. Yeah. True. Is my, is my instinct. Um, all right. Should we do our, our own personal like dream yes. directs like re like yes. this is all recent too like so we're gonna go off of you know so, we're not tra- traveling in the future no so right? uh no 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 so this is what I will I what I will include in my dream direct I will also include two things that directs do that new newer directs do that I really really enjoy sure perfect and then after that we're gonna do a special segment yes about the recent direct something very specific in the recent direct correct yeah. So um, what I, okay, this is my Dream Direct. Um, So Dream Direct, um, they are announcing a new spiritual sequel to Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, Switch exclusive. Ooh. Um, And it is, yeah, so that the Dream Game announcement. Um, Going along with that, they are going to, um, oh, oh, and so here's what they're going to do. So they've announced Final Fantasy Tactics 2, let's call it. Okay. Um, something they do with directs nowadays that they can uh, because of technology, what I think that I think is really cool is after the direct, the Ooh, demo, the, the demo treehouse, Nintendo treehouse, right? Yeah. Well, well, just when they put up demos immediately. Oh, 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 sorry. You meant like live. Oh, sorry. Like not just actual, like a gameplay, like an actual like online, playable demo. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So I love when Nintendo does that with their directs. Now they'll announce a game and then they'll say like, Hey, the demo will be available to doubt. You like, you can play this game immediately after the direct, if you're interested. Um, and you, you can even pre-order it, which I, I love. I think that's an amazing idea. Um, so I would do that. Um, and then I also, what I also love is obviously uh, they have a lot of old school games from previous generations. So I would like them to announce all the old Final Fantasy Tactics games. So we get nice DS games, the, the advanced collection, the advanced collection, the original PlayStation one. I guess there's only uh, one for Grim- advanced, right? And then there was Grimoire of the Rift. Yeah, wh- whatever. But yeah. there's three <laughs> of them essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then that gets announced as a package. And hey, guess what? It's going to be on sale today. It's going to be on sale as soon as I love when they do that. I love when they do that as well. Castlevania Advanced Collection. Oh, it's on sale today. Yes. Put that in my veins. Yes. And I bought it. I bought it immediately. Same. Yeah. So I love when they do that too, uh, which are very cool. So it would be those two. So I need two more things. Um, I would also really like... um, Um... See, I, I I can't really think of anything else because Pokemon does its own directs. Um, so Pokemon yeah. directs are kind of their own thing. I mean, I guess just... Just um, do one more. We could do three. I, I actually yeah. realized I'm probably going to have a hard time thinking of 
for, I mean, I've, I haven't thought about this at all before I asked you. So I have to, I'm going to be put on the spot too. So just we'll leave, leave it at three. Um, okay. Give me, give me the follow-up to uh, super Mario. Uh, what, what are we doing next? Um, with what do you, what do you mean? Super Mario franchise. Like a new franchise or like, no, no, oh, like, oh, the next like, Mario what, game. Like, what is the next Mario game? Oh, So you've done Super Mario. What's next for you? What's next for you? We're, we're going to Disney World. That well's um, dry. Like, let's, let's yeah, move on to no. something else. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, no, we're leaving them in the dust. Um, no, I would say uh, no Mario Odyssey 2. Give me what's, what's I want a brand new, okay. new, new concept, new Mario uh, thing. That's, that's my dream direct. I like that. Yeah. Um, the only... Okay. I mean, the thing is, obviously, I could wake up tomorrow morning and or right when we're done recording, I'll just change my mind about this whole thing. Um, but I would say, right, the first things that come to my mind, I want a, I want Metro Prime 4 released April next year. Uh, it was <laughs> never very, happened. This is very specific. I want, I want Metro Prime 4. Um, I need that. Um, and I want it to be a lot more like the the like the first one we, we can i'm not going to go into super great detail but what i want that game to be but uh the other i would say i want a persona three and four like golden like level like you know royal whatever at like bundle on switch i want to play those games and i just love playing switch handheld i think those are would be incredible handheld games i mean while you're at it throw persona 5 royal on there as well even though i've played it and i don't know when i'm gonna play it again because it's a long game um my theory can i tell you my conspiracy theory about all of that yeah you might have um, actually already but i, I want to hear it again my conspiracy theory is that you will be seeing uh releases of the persona games for switch maybe even collections uh however um i am predicting that they will release persona 5 um cloud streaming though is my prediction that's fine and and, and did you did that suspicion kind of come back when you saw that that's how kingdom hearts is going to be re- released yes. on switch yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i would say kind of i again i could completely change my mind about this but i want like a gamecube hits released and not on the nintendo online just like i want them to release like maybe the some of the top like maybe not top 20 best selling gamecube games just all ported to switch but I want just some of my favorite GameCube games on Switch. And I know this is cheating a little bit because I said three things, but this is kind of like a bundle. But I'm treating it as one announcement. So, haha. Well, no, um, you could. Well, what if, what if they did a, uh, like a mini console? What if they yeah, did like, well, a, like a GameCube mini? And that, maybe in that kind of way. Like, I mean, I want, but I, ideally, I want it all on Switch. Like, I want stuff like Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, Beautiful Joe. Ooh. you know like that's the kind of thing i'm talking about like beautiful like beautiful joe deep cut type thing like that yeah. that is what i really really want and even like wind waker sure put wind, wind waker hd whatever on there too but that's you know well and also too the thing that i guess we should kind of talk about uh at some point is like the, with the switch specifically how much more powerful um, it is for Nintendo to announce old games on the Switch. Oh, yeah. Because when they announce old games on the Xbox or on the PlayStation 5, like, oh, great, you can play, you know, whatever now. On, you can play The Force Unleashed on your PlayStation 5. Great. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. Um, what people care about is like, wow, I can play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas in bed. And you like, will be able to soon. Like, yes, you will. Um, just like the ability to like play in bed, like handheld, like, 
just is so, at least to me, like transformative in terms of like, yeah, there are so many games where I adored playing them originally, or I didn't beat them, but I played a lot of them that are kind of older, like that GameCube PS2 yeah. era. That's like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to devote all of my time and energy to sitting in front of a television beating this again, but I sure will like play it in my hands while I'm also watching yeah. Fields of Hoarders on Hulu. Yep. And I think that that is, and there's nothing wrong with it. I feel the exact same way. There's something very specific to our generation about that. Cause I think that if like, people like in Gen Z who've been playing like tablets and playing handheld stuff, like all their favorite, like playing Fortnite on their phone or some shit, like their whole like childhood, they don't care about that. But if we can like, like I, my memories of playing Nintendo 64 and GameCube, and it's all in front of a TV, obviously. And when- being able to go back and play the games of my youth handheld in a convenient way is just give me all of that, all of it. Like when I was holding my switch light and playing final fantasy 10 on the switch light, like as a handheld. Yeah. I like, I almost had a seizure. Like my brain couldn't even. Yeah. Like I I replayed, I replayed 10, like on my, on my switch. Like it it was just, I, I didn't have to either. Like I could have played it on my TV, but I sat on my couch doing it. Like just, I, just by choice. I, I loved it. It's like, just, it, I love having stuff handheld, like those kind of games. And I think that it just works so well. So th- give me that Nintendo. That's all, yes. that's all I ever want. My top like desires for any direct, whenever they announce the direct is man, I hope they port blah, blah, blah to switch. Yeah. Like, that's, that's yeah. Always what I want, which I is, want that which more is, than Odyssey too. Well, and think about it before the switch existed, like a port of anything would be like the last thing you would get excited about. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting. And, and maybe we could wrap it up a little bit in just a little bit, because I, I, I really do want to get to this next segment, but also one thing I was thinking of, so there's, there's a rumor that maybe more than a rumor that Konami is remastering or remaking certain um, games in, the, and maybe making new games in their Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid series. Obviously Metal Gear Solid is a Kojima thing. So what that leads me to believe is that, Konami is going to be remastering Metal Gear Solid, which if you think about it, you cannot play Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, or 4 on modern consoles. Yeah. You true. can't. Yeah. And again, that my, my hope is not, I mean, obviously, if, if they announce like a Metal Gear Solid remaster collection for PlayStation 5, I will buy it. But if they announce it for Switch and PS5 and Xbox, I'm going to buy that on Switch. Because yeah. being able to play Metal Gear Solid 1 on Switch, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, specifically, I like to play the Twin Snakes. Uh, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. But, yeah. Any, yeah. any final thoughts where we talk about the uh, do our special segment? Uh, no, I'm excited about the special segment. Um, I guess we should just say uh, we thought of this topic because uh, we thought specifically of the uh, Nintendo Direct that just happened in September uh, yeah. last month. Um, besides the, the special, um, announce or the special game we're going to play, were there any, do, do we want to go over specific games that were announced for that Nintendo Direct? Anything we're excited about? Or do um, we, do we, we can a little bit. I think you and I are both excited probably for Project Triangle Strategy, even though it's the dumbest name ever. Um, you, I think are more excited. I mean, I'm going to guess you are more excited about it because it is specifically a tactic style game. I am more excited about it mostly excited about it because it is a that graphical style is like my 
favorite thing that's happened. Like Octopath Traveler, I'll overlook all its faults just because of the way it looks. Yeah, I uh, I am excited for Triangle Strategy. I played the demo uh, when it first came out and did not really like it. I thought it was a little too... Um, they just still had a lot of things I think they needed to figure out. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be great. Um, I am worried, though, because Octopath Traveler, um, having recently tried to get back into it, uh, it's just a little too simple, the, the battle. Um, okay. The gameplay mechanics. So I'm hoping that isometric, you know, strategy game will, will be a little bit, uh, a little bit better. Uh, we kind of talked about a couple of things already. We talked about the fact that Nintendo 64 and Genesis games that was my biggest be available. One. Yeah, it'll be um, an, an additional cost, right? You won't just get them with your uh, Nintendo Online subscription. Yeah, it'll be like an expansion. I'm still excited for it. Um, you can buy a Nintendo 64 controller, right? That's what they're, uh, yeah. So, so much like when they started putting Super Nintendo games on Nintendo Online, um, and Nintendo games, they mean you had they had wireless Super Nintendo and Nintendo controllers. Now they're going to do a wireless Sega Genesis controller, notably the three button one on the right, not the six button. Um, and the Nintendo 64 controller, wireless Nintendo 64 controller. And you can play multiplayer games online. You can play Mario Kart 64 online for the first time. And I think I might still be in shock because for some reason that isn't making me as excited as I would have expected it to. Because that's also one of my favorite games. The idea of being able to play it online, maybe maybe it's a skepticism. Maybe it's like a, what if there's lag? I don't know. Nintendo doesn't do online too well, online multiplayer, um, or at least worse than their competitors. But that's incredible. Playing Mario yeah. 64 online, come on. Goldeneye online? Come on. Hopefully, eventually. Yeah. Um, I just had uh, two two little things sure. um, from the most recent direct. So as we talked about, um, I love the idea of a game being announced and then boom, you can play like demo, you can pre-order it, you can whatever. So we already talked about the Castlevania Advanced Collection. They yep. did the trailer and then boom, it came out that day. I immediately bought it. I've been playing through it. Uh, played through Circle of the Moon, um, got stuck on a boss, been playing through um, Aria of Sorrow. Oh, nice. Um, as I'm in well. the middle of Harmony of Dissonance right now. I'm saving Harmony of Dissonance for the end. That's my favorite of those those three. Um, or the, rather, maybe not favorite. It probably won't be by the time I'm done with all three of them. Very curious to hear your thoughts on that. It's, it's the one that I have the most experience with, definitely, of those three, which is probably why I like it the most. But uh, the other thing, I don't know if I told you this full story or not. But your boy, uh, Yoko Taro of um, Near Auto- Automata. Automata. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's coming out with a new a new game. Do, do you remember this one from the from the reveal, the Nintendo I, Direct? I don't actually. I'm drawing a blank. So it is called Voice of Cards. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's what happened. So I did not watch the Direct. Uh, I, uh, I caught a couple things here and there, saw some headlines. Um, but I was flipping through cause I wanted to, you know, go through when it was done and kind of like, you know, do the whole roundup and blah, blah, blah. But I was on my switch and I happened to go to the store and I saw a demo for this game, this square Enix game called voice of cards, colon, the Isle dragon roars. And so from far away, I'm scrolling through, I see, it looks like tabletop, like very, um, you know, gentle cards, cardstock, dice, D kind of thing but all the iconography and pictures look like final fantasy okay uh properties so i immediately have a freak out i assume that it is a like tabletop rpg 
with the like Final Fantasy characters and iconography, <laughs> and they immediately panic and buy it, buy it, like pre-order it, buy it, like <laughs> money on the table, download the demo, like sight unseen, essentially. And then after I buy it, I read through the description and I'm like, yeah, it's it's not it's not what I thought it was at all. Actually, yeah. uh, it is. I mean, it is like basically a D kind of. It's like a, it's a it's a D and D campaign essentially. Yeah. Um, just you're playing it on your switch um the narrator uh is is fairly charming the game specifically says when you boot it up like play with the sound on play with the voices on mm-hmm. because it's supposed to mimic a like D campaign you're supposed to hear the narrator he has personality the gameplay is very like simple you make very simple like choose your own adventure like choices yeah um i i enjoyed playing the demo i will play the full game when it comes out because i have no choice because i already bought it um, but I literally saw that, saw there was a demo, saw that I could pre-order it immediately, had like my brain shorted out. I assumed it was all Final Fantasy and got, got basically got it sight unseen. <laughs> um, the other thing I'm excited for is that Knights of the Old Republic. Um, is oh yeah. Stage. Yeah. I don't, I need to like mentally set aside. I need to put myself in a Star Wars mindset and like just plow through that game. Yeah, that's definitely... It's, I have to prep myself to play that game. I can't just, like, buy it immediately and just start playing it. That's one of those games that I've played to completion so many times. I could... De- it's like a knitting game for me. Is it like, really? I, I could that's abs- awesome. I could absolutely, like, play it while watching, like, you know, a season of The Real Housewives of Hell. That's, uh, a, or that's the kind of reveal <laughs> that I would have never expected, Was but was thrilled yes and that is one of those like anything can happen type yeah thing. this was the best nintendo direct of the year for the record yeah it was I yeah think. it was it was incredible it was yeah um so those are right. yeah those are my two now let's get to our, our special our special yeah. game here so uh the special game is called guess the cast of the super mario movie so recently uh in this most recent nintendo direct nintendo did something a little surprising and i would say surprising that i, I don't know if people i was aware that illumination studios that nintendo was working with them to make a Super Mario animated movie, but it was totally off my radar, probably because I don't really care um, really deep down. You know, I'll watch them. I'll, I'll go see it in theaters, obviously. But at the end of the day, it's not really what I want from Nintendo. I want more games that I like. Right. Um, really off my radar. So I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. I'm sure, I, I know I wasn't the only one. But, but the important thing is, is so uh, Miyamoto-san showed up to do the cast reveal. And there's a lot of backlash about it. And the takeaway really is you, with the exception of who is voicing Mario, have no idea who is voicing these other characters. And we thought, I don't, I don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we thought it would be fun to have Aaron guess right now some of who might be some of these characters. And, and I, will, I can give you hints if you, if you want them. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to have a couple questions. Because I would say that this cast, and I think I was texting you about it the day of the direct, was it was like, it was it's a Hollywood machine. Like, you just like plug in Super Mario Brothers in like a machine and it spits out a cast. And so okay. thinking too hard is probably not what you want to do to guess these. And well. again, I, I mentioned, you you know, so so you know that Chris Pratt is voicing Mario. That is the only one I know. And that's the um, only one you know. I, I've tried to stay very blind to it, but his face just showed up yeah. um, on a lot of websites. So I just, I, there, I had no choice. I kind of realized that. Yeah. I have purposely avoided any and all other media about it. So I do not know. 
Um, I also do not know. Did they give any kind of a plot synopsis? Or no. Did they just do the cast. No, just cast. And like, there are some just voices I'm not going to do. I'm going to do. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to do, and then a bonus sixth, six okay. characters that you don't know. Okay, because here's here's the other thing. There's I. So you say don't think about it too hard. I've been doing nothing but thinking about it for oh, like, oh, sorry. That's, weeks now. That's that's fine. <laughs> Right, right, right. But uh, but my my question with it is, so after I heard the announcement of Chris Pratt, I was of two minds about it. So I I, I do remember that you had sent like, just imagine what Hollywood would plug in and that's kind of, uh, you know, where it goes. But my other thought was like, my other thought was they just use up all their money and Chris Pratt and get a bunch of relative no names uh, to do the other people. Mm-hmm. That is, it is safe to say that is not what they have done. Not uh, true. I would say true. that they're, they have a big enough budget for some Gosh. other big names. Um, I'm not a fan of the Chris Pratt thing. I think that if you clearly they wanted to do an A-list star type right. thing. And I think you could have just done better. I don't know who I mean, honestly, Jim Carrey would have been a better Mario. Well, it, see that throws me though. Cause I've been thinking about that a lot because that kind of like whoever is Mario is going to set the tone for everything else. Like the kind of humor that they're going to bounce off of Mario. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I don't know. I've been what, thinking about it quite a bit. What they probably saw. And I, this is fair, I guess is like, I, so Chris Pratt voiced the lead in the, of uh, in the Lego movie. And he was great. I think I, I thought I loved the Lego movie and he was really great in it. And you know, if that's what you're looking at for reference, that he can carry an animated movie and kids will go line up to see it. Like they love that character. I mean, do kids know who Chris Pratt is or care? Probably not. I don't know. I um, think they do. I, I mean, they might. In, Jurassic got, World, like yeah, he's got like big guardians. Like, little, he's got huge little kids street cred. Like I guess that's he's true. he's in Jurassic Park. All little kids love dinosaurs. Fight me. They just do. All little kids love dinosaurs. Uh, he is Star Lord, and I would argue that Guardians is probably the most kid like popular marvel franchise when you say i would say yeah that or spider-man yeah that or spider-man i would say that they i would say that if they're trying to target kids chris pratt is actually a smart a-lister to get yeah so um yeah so we, we, we won't we won't like you know belabor this too much and you know sit here for 30 minutes thinking about each one i'll, I'll eventually reveal them to you unless you don't right. want me to that is no no <laughs> wow because i gotta get your, I gotta a, get your what reaction a, what, a, what a long game this would be if you i guess that you still didn't reveal and we had to wait until the actual movie came out and then we did another episode where i, I actually <laughs> saw the film and uh, yeah. yeah no please reveal it to me okay um so uh so yeah let's let's start with luigi let's okay. start with luigi all start right with luigi. yeah um, so I, I'm going to go with the obvious and I've been going back and forth about this because the other thing too, is I'm like, is, is illumination going to try and be cute with it? And by that, I mean, are they going to try and like pick people that are like outside of the bounds of who you would think would play these characters? Because Chris Pratt is a little bit, or are they going to go so in the pocket that like, that's kind of what I was thinking, knowing Nintendo, like. They're going to be very yeah. in the pocket with who is it. So Luigi, I'm just going to go Ray Romano. Ray Romano feels, <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not, I'm not, is that correct? Am no, correct? It's, it's not, but I love it. It is not. It is not. Okay, I, I'm just, because I feel like that's so like on the nose that Nintendo would go that direction. Though. Go think younger. Ray Romano <laughs> is, is just not what kids, what kids want, what kids are familiar with either. I'm not saying this actor is someone that kids like know oh, super well. I would actually, I don't think they do. 
but they know this character, this actor has done voices before that they might be familiar with. Okay, this is okay. This is good too because this is kind of a question that I was waiting to ask. Think younger guy, yeah. Think younger. So, okay, so the cast in general. Would you say that the cast in general, based on who they are and maybe like their demographic, like what what people they typically shoot for, is this skewing like younger kids or is this skewing like whole family with like a wink to adults? Whole family with a wink to adults. So not like we're not we're not like in the dregs with like little kiddiness here. Yeah, it's not Luigi's not going to be like um like one of the wiggles all of adults will know and be way more familiar with a lot with this cast than kids will like without a doubt all right luigi okay um is it okay like ray romano is like what 65 year olds would be familiar with right who's gonna be who's like a young hip italian actor <laughs> is chris pratt italian i don't I think you should be thinking in terms of yeah i think you gotta get out when i say I when know. i said don't think too hard i meant like right. thinking about finding an italian actor now now i'm trying to think who is taller than chris pratt because luigi is taller than mario yeah but is they're that... voicing each other no, I know. <laughs> I can't. okay all right um oh, okay okay how about this how about this okay um i'm gonna say uh keegan michael key as luigi because I think he would be like, he would be good, um, high energy, but also I think Keegan-Michael Key would be a great, like cowardly, scaredy cat, Luigi. I think that is a fantastic guess. It is not correct, okay. but it is an excellent guess. I think when you hear who it is, you will also see that same actor fit that same role. Okay, why don't you tell me now? Because Keegan-Michael okay. Key is the best thing. In a it is with. Charlie Day. Char- Char- Charlie Day is Luigi. It's, I don't think it's a bad choice, actually. Interesting. Yeah. No, but he's, I mean, he, he can do that kind of like frantic, panicked uh, type thing. I feel like that, that's what they're going to turn Luigi into, just like a scaredy cat, like freak out all the time, you know? No, I, I, I see that. But now that like this kind of like skews my entire like, oh, okay. who was this movie aimed towards? Like now it's all out of whack. So like, We've got a, that we've wasn't got the a, ideal first one to do. We, we've the, the, got a, there's yeah. other ones we could do that'll set you back on we've track. We've got well, but but maybe it's not even back on track. I'm just trying to wrap my head around like what what like when adults watch this film, like what crew of actors I'm gonna want to see. I was thinking like a Ray Romano, Chris Pratt kind of crew. Uh, Charlie Day, Chris Pratt crew is a very I don't know where you're getting this Ray Romano <laughs> shit. I don't know what crew you think he's rolling with. I but... thought it was. I thought, I thought Ray Romano was. <laughs> I don't like... know. Ray Romano is like a, a like a thankless role at the Irishman nowadays. Okay, I don't just, know. What, he's doing do, like the okay. comedy circuit. Can we? Can we please? Where do are you Bowser? getting? Listen, where are you listen, getting Ray listen. Romano? Can we please do Bowser? Because I'm going to follow up Ray Romano uh, as Luigi with. I you know who would be a great Bowser. Uh, Jason Alexander is Jason Alexander Bowser, <laughs> no. and that's not a joke. That's real. No, I, that's, no, 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 no. that's completely real. No, I actually think I actually think that you are. So I actually think Jason Alexander would make a good Toad, mostly. Oh. Um, I I think he'd be a good Bowser, but no, you so. The, here's here's what here's what one kind of overarching Ooh, can, okay hint. can okay, i give you like I, an overarching like hint give me give me a hint don't tell me bowser yet um no not about me. bowser about the cast in general i want to yes. give you like a summary of the cast in general think yes. you gotta think recent this is like who's famous now jason alexander is not famous now you know what i mean like people love him you know ray romano people love him but like who's famous now who's who's continually putting out work 
whether but it's that's, TV, but, other but voice see, acting, but, movies, like but see that's don't the thing say though, Ray because, Romano one more time. <laughs> because there's you could go two ways with this if you're Nintendo. You could do very of the moment, but that doesn't feel Nintendo. It like what would feel like Nintendo is get like very solid, very reliable actors to like. Oh, Aaron, what did I tell you that Nintendo had any like? When I when I say that this is like a Hollywood machine, I mean I know, but I it's just not feel like, Nintendo is not I, putting much I, thought into this. They're I letting know. Hollywood drive. I, well, that's the thing though. So I know, I know it's Hollywood, but you would think Nintendo would have a little more control because like Mario is their flagship IP. You would think. But I think they want to make money. Okay. So, okay. So more of the now. Okay. So Bowser. So not just Alexander. No. Who would be a great Bowser though. Don't you think? Yes. Anyway. anyway okay. I think of, this person will be a better one. Of the now. Okay. Of the now, better Bowser. And when I say of the now, I'm not saying like, you've got to pick like a 30 year old actor, you know, no. like. No, but who's in movies now, who's doing things now. I am going to say John Turturro will be Bowser. I don't know what you're doing <laughs> right now. You're picking these old Italians, like, like Ray Romano and John Turturro. Like, what are you, I what are you, what are you going I with this? I don't know. You're going to be Joe don't, Pesci next. What the fuck? John Turturro is making things happen for himself He's, right he now. Made, he He's, made a failed Big Lebowski like, spinoff of the Jesus character. Oh, like, my God. I mean, I love John Turturro, but like, you got your gear in the wrong. You're in the complete <laughs> wrong universe right now. This okay. is when, when you get this cast list in front of you. At the end of the day, it's all going to make sense. I've been staring at it in prep for this segment, and I it just makes so much sense to me. And not that I love it, but it it makes so much sense. Aaron, you gotta you gotta tap into the zeitgeist right now. Okay. I'm not saying Harry okay. Styles is Bowser. I just tap, mean tap into the zeitgeist. Yeah. Um. Who's like who's a big villain now? Nobody fucking like, knows who John Turturro is <laughs> over the or under the age of like 15 okay, or 20. Who's, who's a big villain in the 15 and under crew, right? Who who would be a good villain for that crew? Mm-hmm. Kanye West? <laughs> I don't know. Right. Want me to tell you? Yes. Jack Black. Jack Black as Bowser. I okay, like- that's... Is this getting you any closer to like the realm this movie's operating in? You got it, Chris Pratt is, as Mario, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black. No, it's yeah. I this is very this is not at all the tone I was expecting. Yeah, like, I don't think anyone all. was, but I don't um, actually know what I was expecting. Okay, I mean, I'm assuming if if these chuckleheads are in it, I'm assuming Kevin Hart is in the mix somewhere. Is well, Kevin let's Hart... let's keep going. Uh, do you want me to t- answer that? I no? okay. Well, let's. Can we do Toad? Is Toad in the mix? Yes. So so here are the other ones that I wanted to do. So there's Toad, Princess Peach, and here's well, yeah, here's a surprise see. one. Donkey Kong is in the movie. Ooh. Also okay. Cranky Kong. That was going to be the bonus one. I was going to probably just tell you who it is. Cranky Kong. I know it's very weird. Um, yeah. Let's do Toad. Okay, Toad, I'm going to say is Kevin Hart. No. Okay. Do you want me to tell you? Yes, who is Toad? Key and Michael Key. Oh, okay. He's in there somewhere. Yeah, I I, I like, so you were, when you said him, I was like, he's, he's on it now. Like that, going from Charlie Day to Keegan Michael Key, or like having, like you were in the right realm with Charlie Day with Keegan Michael Key. Yes, yes. Yeah. So okay, I haven't given I, up hope like for you that. yet, like even that. though you've thrown out Ray Romano and John cool. Turturro. <laughs> All right. I can, 
Um, let's okay, recover. Let's, let's do Princess Peach. Let's do Princess Peach. Princess Peach is gonna. That's okay. Who's like an it girl right now? This this is one that I like. I'm. I would not have gotten this, but it um, makes so much sense. But I, it girl right now. Think about that. That's exactly how you need to be thinking about it. Who well, is an it girl? Yeah. Right now? So I mean, I want it. I would love it to be Zoe Deschanel, but she's not like an it girl right now. No. Um, but I think Zoe Deschanel would be a great peach. Um, who's an it girl right now? Zendaya. Zendaya is pretty it right now, right? That's a great guess. Uh, she is. Uh, it's not Zendaya. Is it? But it's like that's in the ballpark. Yes. Okay. Who like same age bracket as Zendaya? Uh, I think so. Maybe okay, a little so, older. Like, I actually no, like, probably around the same. Say like early mid twenties. Yeah. Oh. Um. Um. Have they been in a Marvel movie? No. Um, um, Vanessa Hudgens. No, I think you're you're getting colder actually. But I, but I, I, had a, I had a I had a feeling when I said Zendaya was in the ballpark, like they're doing serious roles. I'm not that Vanessa Hudgens isn't, but I think people take Zendaya very serious as, uh, seriously as an actress, which is great because I think she's a good actress. They also take this person very seriously, and she is having a moment right now, Aaron. She's having a moment. Who's having a moment? We knew her earlier than this, if we're going to be snobby for a second. But she's having a very big moment with... Laura, Laura Flynn Boyle? <laughs> the, the Flynn Boyle Assange? <laughs> I mean, we knew her at Twin Peaks. Yeah. No, that's... You're not... That's so cold. You're freezing. Who's... who's what, what gal is having a moment right now? Oh, Scarlett Johansson. She's having a big moment. That's a good guess. I feel like she's yeah. always having a moment. Uh, she's also not in the age range we just talked about. You want me to tell you who it oh, yeah. is? Yeah. Yes, please do. Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh, see, I, I don't like that. I don't care. <laughs> not about you, but not your I opinion, know. but I don't care about the casting choice. I, um, I like Anya Taylor-Joy. I'll watch anything she's No, I, I love Anya Taylor-Joy. I would watch her in almost anything, but I feel like Peach, I would just be curious to know what they're doing with that character because I feel like Anya Taylor-Joy, yeah, like I feel like she is a very, well, a more serious actress where Peach is seemingly very bubbly and very airheaded. I think she can do that. I think like when you hear her speak, like when I saw her on SNL and such, I think she can tap into that energy. I think she'd actually, well, now, you know what? I'm talking myself into it now. I think she thinks she'll do a great job. No, I, th- I mean, she's an amazing actress. I think she'll do a great job. Right. Wow. Okay. And then we have Donkey Kong and Cranky Kong. Okay. Yes. Uh, is Kevin Hart one of them? <laughs> is Kevin Hart <laughs> in the movie? No, he's not in the movie. Well, you never know. I movie. mean, they haven't, they haven't released the whole cast, but like, How? maybe. Okay. No, Kevin they would have, they would have renounced him already. Is the uh, rock? Is the rock one of them? No. Is the rock Donkey Kong? No, but that's a great guess. Okay. Uh, no, think think um, not like as masculine. No offense to this actor. Um, not as like Ron, a tough Ron, guy. Ron, Ron Funches. Think 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 like just like a. It's, um, I mean, obviously you have to have the voice, right? You think you got to think the voice. So Kevin Hart can't be Donkey Kong. You got to have a okay. You know what I mean? Big Donkey Kong make big mistake. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, but okay. So it's, but it's not like that voice. No, it is like that voice. Oh, that's it's what I'm kinda, saying, it's Kevin. Like this. Yeah. Yep. But it's someone whose voice is normally like that. Yes. Oh. Um. Huh. Okay. Uh, famous person. Mm-hmm. Um, like same age range as those other guys. Mm, 
I would say 40 in, in their forties, almost positive. They're in their forties, maybe early forties, possibly late thirties. I forget. I'm going to say Don Cheadle. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, wouldn't he, I no, wouldn't John, maybe that's just because I feel like Don Cheadle in glasses with a long beard, like gives, okay, never mind. Anyway. Um, who just tell me Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. He's got the deep voice. Don Cheadle has a deep voice. Yeah. Well, let's call up Nintendo right now <laughs> and tell them they fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but Don Cheadle. I don't like this. Okay. <laughs> I don't like this. All right. Okay, I'm just um, going to tell you who Cranky Kong is. No, no. I want to guess. Cranky Kong. Um, older, matronly. Um, I would matronly. love the... Or, I mean, um, what's the opposite of matronly? What's matronly? The, matronly, yeah. Um, well, the great late, great Sir Christopher Lee is dead. I'm going to tell you that if you're thinking old person, you're wrong. It's not a... No, it's not an old person. All right. Just tell me. Fred Armisen. Oh, he's very problematic. Do you know about him? No, I don't. What did he do? He needs. You don't know about Fred Armisen's weird personal life issues. Uh, I mean, I think I've probably heard little things here and there. But do we need to turn this podcast episode into a depressing analysis of the descent of Fred Armisen? Um, basically, I can't watch Fred Armisen in anything now and be okay with him, knowing the things he has done and said in his personal life to people. Oh, that's um, unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Um, well. I can see this movie and tell you how it is. I mean, I, I will see the movie. Um, I'm sure his role will not be greatly expanded, but yeah, he's a he's kind of a really unrepentant monster in real life. Oh, I so. okay. Well, I'm going to look that. Up. Not that I'm like the biggest Fred Armisen fan. I just don't think I'm familiar with that. Yeah. But I will look that up. On that sad note, that is uh, the main cast of the Super Mario movie. There's a couple others. They uh, Kevin Michael Richardson is Kamek. Um. Uh, they did announce that Charles Martinet, is that his name? Um, the voice of Mario will provide his voice in the movie. I think probably just like as, you know, the wahoo, like that kind of, those kind of moments. I don't think Chris Pratt's going to be doing that. But you never know. He Or he, his voice will be in the movie in some way. Will it be as subtle as Danny Elfman being the singing voice of Jack Skellington <laughs> and whoever the fuck being the speaking voice? I hope it is just as subtle. Yeah. Um, and then Sebastian Maniscalco, I think is how to say his name. He will be Spike, who I think is just, I forgot if that's one of the Koopa kids or not, or if it's just like a villain, like another like sub villain. Be honest, I don't remember who Spike is. But yeah, that's the cast. Interesting. Yeah, that is very, that feels very like, um, uh, not cash grabby. It just feels very like of cash grabby. Z- yeah, it feels very zeitgeisty. It feels very like cash grabby. Where, yeah, like, you know, like those two things that I said at the beginning of this segment, how you should think about it. Zeitgeisty and cra- cash <laughs> grabby. Well, it just seems odd to me that like, I don't know, it seems strange that Nintendo normally is very careful and like is very conservative as a company. Yeah. Especially with what they will let their characters, like how they will let their characters be portrayed and represented. Well, this is very safe of them to pick but it's not this, though because it, it feels very disposable like it doesn't feel like it has any staying power like i feel like they would be smarter getting like say 
uh, Michael, uh, you know, like, let's say. I thought you were going to say a freaking John Turturro type. Let's say a John (laughs) Turturro type as Bowser. And maybe a Ray Romano as Luigi. Like that would be more. That would be Ray very Romano sick. as Luigi. I can't yeah. get over that. I can't get over it. And uh, then, okay. And then who's? Well, I guess we would have Chris Pratt. I but. hope you write a fan fiction of one of the games that we do, and it just has Ray Romano as Luigi in it. I, you know, listen. He's tall physically. He's taller than Chris. I think I was doing it a lot on like who looks like. The yeah, that, that was honest. not the right way to do it. No. Yeah. <laughs> um well i do you have anything else about no no i think we could wrap it up this was fun this was a lot of fun um uh i guess we should talk about what we've been what we've been doing yeah we could do that yeah just say really quick the next week we are going to do wario land we're yes as as we said we would yes we are yeah um Um, i have been ill as i mentioned yeah Um, i've had a stomach virus um that has really been crappy uh, because it's been like, I've had to grapple with the fact that I am getting older. Right. Uh, at some point yeah. this week, I was like, I'm feeling better. I'll go back to work. And I went to work for a half day and I had to be like, I, I, I have to go home. Like, I can't, yeah. I can't do this. I'm not recovered. Um, which is interesting. Cause you know, in my early twenties, it'd be like, Oh, I had the flu, but give me like two days and I'll be fine. I'll bounce right back. Not the case anymore. <laughs> Um, however, I did pick up, I have been playing my switch, um, when I've been feeling kind of okay. Um, and I did pick up Metroid dread, nice. uh, when we were talking no about spoilers, please. No, I will not give you any I'm spoilers waiting for but, my OLED switch. Yeah. When we were talking about, um, you know, just trusting Nintendo as a company now, like, uh, I've dabbled in Metroid games before, just like on the original Nintendo and like on emulation for Super yeah. Metroid, but I've never been like the, the biggest fan of them. And I played the Metroid, uh, pride games on GameCube, yeah. but never like let my let my world on fire uh but i picked it up because it's like i trust nintendo um i know it's gonna be a great game um i'm like uh maybe like five or six hours in now it is it's really great it's like a very buttery smooth metroidvania like nice it feels like every single time you get a new upgrade or you unlock something you there with almost no effort you're just like slick sliding to the next next area with the next thing you have to do i love that it is a very like oily buttery smooth metroidvania experience which i love that's awesome and makes me hungry for some reason uh it's making me think of pasta or like garlic bread uh, i'm gonna with, go eat with oil with shortly. oils and with oils yeah. And yeah but yeah i think um also uh I, I definitely think that it looks amazing for the switch um and everything i've heard is that it, it the backgrounds pop quite a bit on the oled uh, yeah switch that's why which I, I which i can definitely see i haven't i played it both docked and undocked i think it looks great um both both um in both formats yeah uh, undocked i think the performance is great like it doesn't lag at all um and the visuals uh stay looking very very nice um but i think especially uh those backgrounds will look great on the oled so enjoy yeah. when you get it i can't wait um i'm playing that much I, I i did finish circle of the moon i realized like i know that game so well i like know where every secret room is it's crazy i like walk into a room and, like oh yep i know exactly where the secret room is in this one um i finished it so fast i think that i played that one more than any i've played that actually i think i played that game more than any other castlevania game that i've ever played um speaking of metroidvanias and such just generally like while i think super metroid is incredible and while metroid prime is one of my favorite games. Um, I think Castlevania as a whole delivers, like when Castlevania is at its best, I think it's better than when Metroid, when 2D Metroid is at its best. 
I agree. And I was actually reading something um, in one of the Metroid Dread reviews that I will say stands out as a criticism of the game. They do make each zone kind of have its own identity. Mm -hmm. But I will say Metroid Dread, which is a game that came out, you know, 2021, just, you know, a couple days ago. I think it does less to establish a visual identity for each area than, than Castlevania, like, aria of sorrow or whatever which is a game that came out how you know however long yeah um and it's and that's not to say that like okay and that's not but that's not to say that nintendo or i'm sorry metroid dread the areas are bad or anything like that i just think it's such a strong compliment to the castlevania games yeah um because in in terms of music color like palette choice enemies like every single biome in a castlevania game everything about it gives it identity yeah. Whereas I feel like in the Metroid games, um, less so. And this is a separate podcast episode, but like Castlevania Symphony of the Night and Aria of Sorrow, and really I'll just go out, cheat and say Aria of Sorrow, Sorrow slash Dawn of Sorrow are just the best Metroidvanias. And my, my, or my favorite Metroidvanias. Um, well, unless you count th- 2D Metroidvanias. Metroid Prime and Symphony of the Night are two of my top five favorite games ever i would say i am really curious to hear your thoughts on metroid dread because i would say the last metroidvania i've played that it has felt this like boom 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 in terms of like how quickly you're progressing and how like good it's feeling to like explore new areas and find things and get upgrades i i would almost put it on par with like symphony of the night okay i well that's Um, great yeah, so I would really, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on Dread. I would say in terms of like the timeline, like when games came out, the last time I felt like a game was that smooth, like bam, 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 was probably Dawn of Sorrow with the DS. And then Aria of Sorrow and Metroid Fusion before that. I thought Metroid Fusion had a really like quick, you know, that kind of vibe to it. Or that Yeah, kind of yeah. And then too, like I haven't played Hollow Knight, which I know you love. So who's yeah. to say how it stacks up against well, that? I, I'm cheating a little bit because I feel like you, it's hard to compare Hollow Knight. Well, it's not that hard to compare it, but Hollow Knight is, I, draw, I don't like to compare it to Castlevania and Metroid because that becomes really hard. Um, while I think Symphony of the Night is a better game than Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight does some Metroidvania-esque things better than metroidvanias do than those two series do themselves and the 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 graphics and music of hollow knight are just incredible and in the the kind of soft world building it does just fantastic um so yeah uh other than that just i've been playing um near automata and watching i saw (laughs) i saw no time to die um okay I thought it was good. I thought it was my it was my third favorite Daniel Craig Bond movie of okay. the five. Because uh, Edgar and I we just watched Casino Royale. We want to watch nice. all of them. All That's my Craig favorite ones. Craig one. It's great. Um, looking back on it though, uh, I, I'm very excited to rewatch all the Daniel Craig Bonds because in my mind I remember uh, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace being kind of their own duology. Yeah, uh, and being very grounded. Um, and I actually really like Quantum Solace. I know not a lot of people do. I, I when I rewatched it, I liked it a lot more. I, that's my fourth favorite, and it's not really. I would say Spectre is the only one of them that I would say is close to being bad. Yeah, and so I, I think I 
I remember like Skyfall being the sweet spot of those films. Yeah. Just because I remember uh, Casino Royale and um, Quantum of Solace being very kind of like dark and gritty and Skyfall is where it's like, oh, he has gadgets again. And it's a little bit silly, but like, it's also very serious. And then, you know, everything after Skyfall, like Spectre. And is there one more? No. Oh, so oh. yeah, it was Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, Spectre no, time, no to time to Die. Why did I think there was another one? Oh, and then Spectre like kind of leans more into like kind of the silliness of it all. Yeah. Um, but rewatching Casino Royale, I'm like, no, Casino Royale is really fucking silly. Like there's all kinds of like it is. weird, silly James Bond stuff in Casino Royale that I kind of just forgot about. And it's made me excited to go back into the films because I, for whatever reason in my head, thought there was more of a jarring tonal shift. Um, and no, I don't think there is. I no. think I think um it's definitely more grounded, like the Craig stuff, and especially Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Yeah. But uh, even from like from Gecko, they do some like big silly James Bond stuff that uh, I'm on board with. Yeah, I think you'll you, you'll like the most recent one. Um, lastly, I saw Titan. Yes, which yeah, I that. thought was excellent, and it is, it is a movie. It is. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it right now. Um, it's about a woman who has a titanium plate in her head, who is a serial killer, and she has sex with a car. And that's all I'll say. All right. I mean, that's that's nothing more than you could read online. Um, it it was great. It was really great. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. And I like when movies do that. So there you go. All right, then. Yeah. Um, we will get back to you next week uh, with Wario Land, um, yep. our regularly scheduled programming. But keep an eye out for uh, for these little um, topic episodes. I think, uh, I think oh, they're yeah. fun. We've got some ideas for other ones that we're excited to, you know, develop, you know, outlines for and hopefully record soon. We do. We do. Um, we're going to do actually a side series covering in-depth every Nintendo Direct um in depth each each one in will get depth. its own episode five yeah. hour episodes on each nintendo direct oh sorry really quickly before we sent off i did yeah. i have to mention kirby in the lost land or whatever oh the, yeah that the was kirby surprising game, the kirby game where you're basically in a post-apocalyptic earth i kind of um, liked it it's phenomenal. not i wouldn't have thought that i would really care about seeing another kirby game ever um, no and also uh playing through metroid dread also has reminded me of the great line Nintendo walks between like giving their characters just enough personality for you to care about them. Yeah. But also leaving them such blank slates that basically nothing matters and they can go on sure <laughs> they want. Right. And that's, and that's kind of, that's where Samus is at. That's where Link's at. That's where Kurt, that's where Kirby's at. Right. You know, yeah. like Kirby, we, we don't really know anything about him. Like why is he on post-apocalyptic earth? Let's get wild. Let's find out. Yeah. So exciting. All right. Well, have All an right. exciting week. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And, uh, Thanks, everyone. Take care. This has been Game and Watch with Aaron and James. Take care.